Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. The story people keep talking about all the time is the New York Times op-ed, which is this opinion piece written in the New York Times on Wednesday, I believe it was printed, or Thursday. And it was an anonymous op-ed written by somebody, a you know, a senior administration official in the Trump administration. And basically they said they were resisting Trump. They were fine with a lot of the policy. They liked a lot of the policy he was doing, but they didn't like Trump's immoral actions. They called it, quote, amoral, uh, his amorality. And they basically confirmed there was a deep state. <laughs> but they call themselves the steady state. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what else you can call it. It's a deep state. It was li- They're literally advocates. They, they talk about invoking the 25th Amendment because they were talking about it. Uh, as a staff. So they're basically, you know, uh, saying, hey, we want to get rid of a duly elected president. And there's been many possibilities as to who this is. It could be some high level staffer, but if I were to bet money, I would bet on John Huntsman. I've looked into him. I've looked into how the document was written. There's no way it's Mike Pence or John Kelly. It's an obvious diversion whoever used terms that those people use to divert them and lead them off their trail. Completely obvious. And they said this is, you know, I looked into articles that talked about too. It's pretty consistent of what Huntsman has said in the past. He basically likes Trump's policies but doesn't like the man. And he's been kind of back and forth on him. I, I used to like John Huntsman, so I'm really depressed that he would be this way. But it is what it is. Yeah, so... Like right now, we don't really know who it is yet, and that's why I'm not really gonna go and like try to get point fingers. It could be Huntsman. I haven't really looked too much into the man, but the thing is, like, what, what they call it now—the steady state. You know, yeah. it was the deep state, steady state sounds. So it's like a hard drive. You know, they got them solid <laughs> states. How long will it take before they come up with these new terms? It's it's the same old thing though. It's just the old government having these like holdovers from the previous administration and people you know these guys are coming in these uh you know they're they're almost like spies like you get these, these enemies within like you know, like a fifth column within your own um government yeah it's really sad this is happening and i saw what trump was tweeting about he was like if it wasn't for me the uh, new york times would be dead and it's kind of true because that's like the only thing they really talk about the only reason people care about is because they talk about like trump negatively it's like, do they have anything else to talk about? It's like the entire world is, like, at least America, just like revolves around Trump these days. You haven't really seen that since like George Washington, where like everything was about Trump, mm-hmm. and they're just like revolving around it. They call it like it'll be the Trumpian times again. I remember in like social studies, the only time we had it was like named after a person. It was like it was like Washington's times, and then everyone else was just like you know it was the times. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think this is really bad. He's going to weed out this guy, and he has the capabilities to do that. You've seen what they had. You've you've seen the movie Snowden. You know what like capabilities the government has. They can weed out this guy, especially within the White House. It shouldn't be too hard. They need to go and get him out. I don't know if they can take him to court so much and like try him with treason, but they need to get him out of there. If he wants to go and like start complaining to the New York Times to go and get like you know. like a couple shekels were already giving them <laughs> a couple pieces of silver to go and uh, backstab Trump. Yeah. So be it. But yeah, now this this isn't very good. He's just looking sad. He's refusing to even go and like put his name out there. If you're gonna go and talk crap on your boss, like at least have the guts to go and say like, especially when you're undermining everything he's doing. He's just gonna cause like. I think they're actually doing this to go and like sow divisiveness within the administration to go make make everyone look at each other. You know, very well could be someone who's not Huntsman. It could be Huntsman, but it could be someone else too trying to go like make it look like him or Pence. Well and, you know it could just be inter- a completely anonymous guy too. Yeah, well I want to add some like, in- an interesting point, which is that in Huntsman's denial, he really doesn't deny that he wrote this. It's worded really funny, and he did it more recently. Like, he didn't do it in the first wave of all these denials, like Pence and all these people came out real quick and denied it, and Kelly denied it quickly. And they, they fly out deny it, but Huntsman doesn't directly deny it. Oh, well, if that's the case, they need to do an investigation. Yeah, they yeah, I'm to trying to pull it up right now because it's, it's pretty, like, wishy-washy. It's, you know... I really think it's him, but it could be anyone. I, I think the media is hyping this up way too much. They're like, oh, my God, this is like 
this is like, oh, this, this is going to bring down Trump. You know, is this good? we got Trump now. You know, they, they act like it's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, it's just an op-ed. Like, it's bad, you know, for Trump's image and all that. You know, it's going to look bad, but this isn't the end of the world. They have this all the time. It was like Omarosa last week just, like, complaining about Trump. Then they had that, uh, what was it, the Fire and the Fury book that came out. They just, like, constantly try to go and attack Trump. because They have nothing better to do because he's winning. You know, people are happy with them for the most part. You get some people in the in the corners out there who might not appreciate them. You got the liberals who are upset. They're always going to find something to be upset about until a Democrat comes in office. It could really matter less, like, who's actually empowered as long as there's a D or an R in their name. A lot of these people, they just want to see that, and they'll be sore losers for the next four to eight years, hopefully eight. Yeah, it says uh, in his denial, non-denial denial, he said, uh, Ambassador Huntsman, uh, Come to find, when you're serving at, as a U.S. envoy in Moscow, you're an easy target on all sides. Anything sent out by me would have carried my name. An early political lesson I learned, never send an anonymous op-ed. That's a lawyer speak right there. Like, he doesn't deny it. And he said in the past in articles in the Salt Lake Tribune that he, uh, uh, that he said, Americans should know that there are adults in the room, you know, in the White House. Like, I'm getting some moral yeah. condescending, like, tone here. Yeah, I think he needs to get out. I think he needs to be fired. Oh, you know, oh, we oh. haven't had a good firing in a while. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. when's Trump going to fire somebody? <laughs> I think now's a perfect opportunity to just go and fire this guy. He doesn't want yep. to be there, obviously. So, you know, he can go and take a hike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But... While that was happening, the other bit of drama that was happening that I didn't follow too much was the Kavanaugh hearings, who's the uh, appointed or nomination to replace uh, Justice Kennedy, who's announcing his retirement. And Kavanaugh is Trump's pick. Very moderate Republican. He doesn't even want to overturn Roe v. Wade, as Democrats with their handmaid's tail protesters are saying. Uh, but... Democrats basically tried to stall the hearing the entire time because they didn't. They claimed they didn't have any doc these documents on his like past court decisions, I guess. And some on Twitter were attacking uh, Zena Bash, who was sitting there behind Kavanaugh with her arms crossed, and she had her one arm laid down, and it looked like the OK sign. But the internet took it as the white power symbol. Oh my god! <laughs> but she wasn't putting symbols out there. She's just resting her arm. It's like everything that they're gonna call Alex Jones a conspiracy theorist, and you go and find like a Mexican Jewish, like you know, that's a double yeah. whammy right there. No, her of, parents like, were Holocaust survivors. Well, she wasn't. Well, she was too young for that. But like, she no, was her parents. I said. One. Her parents yeah, were Holocaust like, survivors. Is, like, can you get much worse than that? You know. They're just trying to pull sh like stuff out their butts. Yeah. You know, they're trying oh, yeah. to pull things out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to go anywhere with that. But uh, they just like, they want to go Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but they've come up with the most like wacky conspiracy theories oh, yeah. I've ever seen. Like they'll go and say, oh, you know, he's he's crazy to think that, uh, you know, the, these chemicals turn frogs gay. They were. Actually true. Yeah. That was one thing. That's like one of the few things. Well, I'm not going to say that because I haven't really seen all of his things. You can't even see him anymore thanks to YouTube. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like that was the one thing they say that, you know, oh, he's, he's just, you know, he's full of baloney. But then they say this stuff of the that she's like a secret white nationalist. Like, yeah. really? Do you think like a Mexican Jew, like a person of Jewish descent, would be like a Nazi? That that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think she was doing this like dog whistling stuff. And even like I think Dictionary.com get got in on it and yeah. they like made a tweet and they put the uh, definition of what uh, what like uh, what was a wolf whistle or dog whistle is a dog whistle. It's one of those like leftist words that they invented and no one used until like the past three years. Yeah, they just keep inventing words. It's like they re and then they redefine words too, like racism, where it's not just you know yeah. being discriminatory towards someone of a different race. It's not like power plus privilege <laughs> divided by I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just some crazy stuff going on with that, but just the way they try to control the language, it's very, like, uh, dystopian. But basically, they just want to go and paint everything about him. He's he's obviously white nationalist. And they said the same thing 
It's like, no matter who's in charge, if they're Republican, they're going to be called like a racist or a white nationalist. This happened to George Bush. This happened to, um, who was, uh, it was the Arizona guy. John who McCain. recently passed yeah. away. Yeah, um, who was who John was, McCain. Yeah, McCain. They called him a, like a racist. They called Romney a racist. Now they call Trump a racist. Yeah. It's just all this like conspiracy theory garbage. Whenever there's a Republican who's either running or in the White House, it's what they do. It's just like yep. the only play they have in the book and they keep using because it works on a small percentage of the population who don't actually look into things. Yeah, and Crowder did a great video on this recently where he was saying, like, you know, they always think the right's a conspiracy theorist, but if we look back just at the past few years, it's the left that's peddled the most conspiracies. And he, you know, showed clips. He showed the Russia stuff, all the fake news. Just the Russia stuff in general has peddled so many conspiracy theories. Um, and then you got stuff like this on a smaller scale. But let's, you know, take this another step further when we talk about... Um, uh, dog. What, what was I thinking of? I'm losing my point. Well, you're talking about collusion because I know there's another <laughs> case of collusion that just got broken recently. Yeah, please segue to that while I get gather my no. thoughts. <laughs> the left superhero David Hogg. He was actually uh, shut down during like uh, he was with Michael Moore. You know, the guy keeps making these, like, uh, conspiracy theory videos. He's like the left-wing Alex Jones, basically, except for he's a yeah. little more um, hefty. But um, <clears throat> he was actually, like, uh, they, they cut off his mic during a and when he, they were in Canada uh, because he was telling Canadians to go and uh, donate money to political campaigns in America, which is a felony under United States law. He was advocating for Canadian collusion. But there's no, like, front-page news articles about this. They don't want to talk about it. And this is really big news. There's more like that's on video. They have evidence of it. There's Canadian, <laughs> there's attempted Canadian collusion right there. We, they've had like uh, collusion with uh, various other countries too. You can look at uh, England. They they were uh, Sadiq Khan. He campaigned. Uh, he helped. Obama. Uh, I think he came to America to campaign with Hillary. Oh, yeah, for Hillary. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, Obama tried to stop brexit like he made a bunch of anti-brexit stuff like it, it this is i remembered my point now i gathered my thoughts uh, where <laughs> i i, I this is the problem with the left they have such an extreme double standard i look look the right's got their biases and double standards don't get me wrong but when you look at the left especially recently there is extreme double standard extreme bias that i haven't i don't see to the scale on the right and what, what it usually happens just because they don't uh, hold as much to their principles as the right. The right has principles. The left really doesn't. I mean, principles in terms of things they believe in. The left just wants to win. I don't blame them. The right just sticks to their principles, and that, that's why they lose a lot of times. But the left has come under double standards also with, you know, when somebody's a threat, they will call you racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, all kinds of awful, terrible things. But when you become a victim of Trump, or when Trump says mean things about this person, oh, then you're just wonderful. You're just the only good Republican left. Let's perfect example is John McCain. Look at recently. The left hated this guy. Hated him, hated him, hated him. Called him a warmonger. Called him a racist. Islamophobe for some comment he made at a debate. All kinds of things they said about him, like an old white man, you know, sending our kids to war. But as soon as Trump attacks him, Trump makes fun of him, and Trump goes after him. Oh, John McCain's a war hero. Oh, John McCain's so wonderful. Oh, John McCain did nothing wrong. Oh, John McCain is an angel. He's the only good Republican left. And mean old Trump is just awful. What happened to you people? You hated him like a year ago. And Crowder showed a great clip of Keith Olbermann where he was like, you know, angrily ranting and raving as Keith Olbermann does. And then he's on the freaking view and he says to John McCain's daughter's face, he says, he was my favorite person in politics. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, the, it's so disingenuous. It's so fake. It's so, I mean, oh, it just, I, I literally can't put into any more words how frustrated that makes me because it's so fake. I just can't stand it. 
Oh, I agree with you. It's like the snake in the Garden of Eden, you know? Like, yeah. slippery, they keep lying. They keep changing. Like so Every five minutes, they change their opinion on something. Because, you know, when, like, Obama and, like, Hillary Clinton, when they were, like, back, way back yeah. in the day, they were asked about, like, not even way back in the day, it was, like, 2008, and they were asked about gay marriage, and they are like, oh, we don't support gay marriage. And then, you know, Trump, he was actually, I think he had, he attended like, he, a gay wedding in, like, the early 2000s. He's the only president to come into office pro-gay marriage pro-gay uh, rights and everything. He's the only one. Obama didn't come into office pro-gay marriage. Oh, yeah, and then they want to go and say that he's the one who's anti-gay when these people have not done half the stuff that he's... Like, he, he did yep. earlier before it was politically, you know, savvy. He was fine yep. with it, you know? And then they want to go and say he's, like, anti-gay and he's a racist and he's a Nazi. And then he had, like, pictures of him. I think it was either Rosa Parks or, like, granddaughter... And yeah, then I think like Rosa Muhammad Park. Ali, you have all these yep. pictures like of Trump with them back in like the back way back when, when like there was a lot more of a stigma around associating like, uh, you know, back in the day when there was like a big racist, like a stigma where you didn't want to hang out with, you know, black people if you're white. That was yeah. way back in the day. And Trump was still doing it because he's not a racist. Yeah. And then these days you have people like uh, who's that guy in the in the who just died recently that Robert Byrd he was a Democrat lifelong Democrat and he had a, he was in the Ku Klux Klan he was a grand and they want to say wizard. Trump was racist he wasn't in the in the Ku Klux Klan yeah he was helping the black community before they even cared about the black community back when the only the only bit they wanted was like the farmers you know like the the poor pe the, and, the poor white people he's back before. And Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton attended Robert Byrd's funeral, and Hillary Clinton called him a mentor and friend. You can quote that. That is literally what she said about an ex-KKK Grand Wizard. So I know it's kind of a meme, you know, the Democrats are the real racists, but it's kind of true. <laughs> you know, it kind of is. When you look at the past, when you look at who had slaves, when you look at who stopped uh, civil rights or tried to stop it, who tried to stop any you know equal uh, treatment for all races, it was Democrats. And the parties didn't just magically switch you know, <laughs> overnight. And to this day, I, I hate to say it, but the, the Democrats tend to just see um, cer you know, certain races as votes. And they use identity politics. They use all kinds of methods to uh, cow these people together and manipulate them and to keep voting for democratic policies, which hurt them, but help oh, the elite. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. It's very true. Like Johnson, he was, I think, when they quote-unquote say the change happened, and, like, and he was, when they had a black guy, he said you know, some very racist things. I got a blankety-blank into, like I put someone yeah. in the government or something yeah. like that. I don't remember the exact quote, even if I did, I couldn't say it on here. Because yeah. he uses some very... You know, Papa John's language. <laughs> We're gonna keep that as the blooper for, or as a censor for that word, the Papa John's <laughs> language. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous, and he said that. And if yeah. like you know, this guy's he's still hailed as like a like a big savior by the left, and that guy is probably one of the most like disturbing people. Like when JFK got assassinated, he had like the smirk on his face. Yeah. Like you know, he was he was very happy that he got the ability to become president. Like he's just a sick human being, and I'm glad he's gone. You know, I, I may not have been a fan of John McCain, but this you know Robert Johnson, he's for who is it? Lyndon B. Johnson. My bad. Yeah, LBJ. Yeah, LBJ. He's probably like one of the most like evil people who's gone into politics, and he's really hurt. You know, he did more damage to the black family than even slavery. You could argue because yeah. when he came into office, like the you know the black family, they survived slavery, but once they got put into this uh, you know the welfare state, that's the thing that really killed it. You know, yep, it's really 100%. sad when you think about it because yep. they've survived so much, and then you can go and look at the marriage rates. It just started plummeting as soon as yep. this happened. Yep. You know? It's, yeah, it's such a depressing thing. That's why I fully support people like Candace Owens. They're actually trying to help the black community. They're trying to get them to understand the Republicans have policies that would help them. And people like Trump who want to make America great again for all Americans. You know, I just get annoyed when the left tries to use their identity politics to divide us up and 
court us certain ways when we really should be fighting for everyone and addressing, of course, problems in you know every community. But I want to talk about a few more things before we um, head out for a quick break. Uh, did you see the Joe Rogan interview with Mr. Elon Musk, <laughs> Puffin oh, Musk? Was, that was a, that was a great interview. But like, if you actually, I don't know why people are flipping out. Like the left, they're like, I saw they hate like, weed oh, now. Was it, like a fifteen-year-old smoking weed? shake my head then like uh, the same person tweet like oh i went to a cannabis uh distribution place i think she lived in california and then like some girl kissed me and i was i felt so good walking down i saw like a tweet about that oh god it's just like you know you want to go and say you're pro marijuana but then go and attack elon musk for puffing a um, marijuana you know device you know that's that's very hypocritical you know, I, I don't think drugs are good. He doesn't even like it. He even said in the interview, drugs are bad. Yeah. He said he I was genuinely drugs. surprised he actually did it. Like, I cried a little bit on the inside when he did it. But, like, because I, 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 for the record, I do love Elon Musk. Uh, but when I saw him do it. I was like, no, Elon, don't do it. Like, why, why does everybody do that when they go with Joe Rogan? <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't. That, that's why, that's, see, that's where, where, you know, those type of things, like, that's why I love Trump's because he's not, he hasn't done any of that crap. But when Elon did, like, like I said, I cried inside at first when he did it. But then when I saw the reaction, I was like, he should have done it twice. I'm not saying he should have. I don't uh, endorse any <laughs> drug use, but uh, you know that was like the reaction I heard from some people. Like he should have done it again. I was like, ah, no, but uh, that you know it was so funny because all he did he didn't even inhale. It's kind of like he puffs it and he gives like a funny like memeable expression. <laughs> what? He pulled a Bill. He pulled a Bill Clinton. Didn't even <laughs> inhale. He like he, there was like the meme of him like waving the marijuana cigarette, but that's it. Yeah, just, it was funny because people were like losing their crap. I'm like, oh, so you guys hate marijuana now? I thought you guys liked Elon Musk. Like, what happened? Like, it's bizarre. Like, I think Vice had a headline that said like Elon Musk made weed uncool or something. I'm like, what? No, like seriously, if you guys and I, and I like, you know, I'm not a big fan of marijuana, but I think that they yeah, should change the way the laws are being like enforced right now. I think that they should. I wouldn't mind it being legalized on the federal level, but then like, you know, regulate it. Cause I think in some, for some people it's, you know, it's, there's definitely medical benefits to it, but yeah, but doesn't I, cure I cancer, think, Joe like, Rogan. Huh? I said, but it doesn't cure. I said, yes, but it doesn't cure cancer, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit goofy with that. And then they then they demonize Joe Rogan too. <laughs> They're like he went on to this like uh, this like I I don't know if they did they say it was an alt right podcast or like it, it has like bad people on it because they like Alex Jones on one. It's like he's funny. just a place to talk. It's just a place to talk. Yeah. They have some good conversations on Joe Absolutely. Rogan's podcast. He doesn't care for the most part who's on there. And that's what he, he says. Just has he's some decent like conversations. He's probably doing more to bridge the divide than anyone else on this, like, you know, in politics or anything these days, because he lets people on like left wingers, right wingers, you know, Alex Jones, Elon Musk, anybody. Yeah. And he always says, like, I'll let anybody on my show. Like, that's the point of it is that he lets anyone on. It, you know, he said, I, I, I think he was talking to uh, Dave Rubin because they were saying, you know, oh, you bring Alex Jones on? Like, don't give him a platform. How dare you? That, that You can't give him a platform. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm have anyway on. Alex is my friend. I've known him for, like, uh, 20 years or whatever it is. He's I'm going to bring anybody on. Like, no matter how crazy, I just want to hear him out. I'm like, that's a perfectly reasonable position. And giving somebody a platform doesn't mean you endorse their views, doesn't mean you support them or anything. But, you know, like they say, sunlight is the best disinfectant. If you have terrible ideas, let's see them. Let's let the public decide. Like, why do we have to be such babies about this? And Elon Musk actually, like, the mo. The, the, this is what pissed me off because this is what the media does. You know, when it, when when you see Elon Musk smoking a blunt, like that's a headline right there. Elon Musk goes on Joe Rogan and smokes weed. Like, they're gonna eat that crap up. But the problem is, they talk about so many more fascinating things with AI and simulation. That should have been what was being talked about. Of course, it wasn't because the press is, you know, dumb and makes dumb stories. But I was like, Elon's a bit socially like inept. He, you know, he he really doesn't know how to socialize because I think he's just a super nerdy genius. But he had some interesting stuff to say once Joe got him going a bit, especially about AI, which is a subject I'm very interested in. But even simulation theory, like he got me to kind of believe that theory. I believe it way more than there is a possibility of a God as every regular listeners will know I am an atheist, but simulation theory just went, 
Whoa, that blew my mind when he started explaining stuff. Yeah, he talked about like a lot of things, like about like aircraft that could be like uh, electric vertical aircraft. takeoff and yeah, like uh, the feasibility of like tunnels where they like sort of like maglevs and stuff in tunnels and why it wouldn't work yeah. on roads so much. But no one, no one cares about that. You get these lying fake news media who goes and only sees the salacious thing. That you know, it's like you have so much stuff in here. You get this like bountiful like. Thing of fruit, then you find like one uh, one little piece of the grape that's a little bit like rotten. Then they go and make that a big deal. It's yeah. like someone giving a bunch of food to the homeless, and you see like the rotten grape, and like, oh, this guy's trying to go and poison homeless people. That's yeah. what the news media is in America today. They go and see one thing, and it's like this tiny. It's it's like with the uh, Trump inauguration. There's so many people there, but then they have these pictures. And they go like a billion stories back or when they go into a Trump rally and they try to go make it look like five people there. Or when they're in a Hillary Clinton rally and they make it look like there's 50,000 people there and there's only like a, high, a handful. Yeah. This yep. is the way that the left twists the narrative. Yeah. And the thing with the uh, rallies, like I remember that was a big fake news story from, I believe, the Washington Post where they took a picture before everybody was in it and said, oh, there's nobody here at the Trump rally. But, you know, later it filled up and everybody was there. But. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk made an interesting observation that it's like, it seems obvious, but I didn't quite notice it because you've seen a lot of futuristic movies like flying cars and whatnot. And he said, you know, you know, your limits, you know, you can only build so high up for going down. You can go down forever, obviously not literally forever, but you know, basically you can go down further, uh, in terms of travel than up. Cause once you get you know high enough, you're in the, you know, you're in space, but if you keep going down. You're still, you know, within our gravity, within our atmosphere. You just gotta keep going, and you can build a lot of underground tunnels, which is probably gonna happen. Like that, I envision as our future in our lifetime. We're gonna have, you know, where we drive our car, or there's like septa-like things, trains, where we go underground and go to major places. So that's what was interesting about, but they didn't yeah. talk about that. Well, yeah, like like he had some really good ideas. And yeah, like you could, well, my problem with flying cars specifically, like I know he has his issues, but I mean, there is a decent bit of air you could go and cover if you had flying cars. But the problem is, you know, you have a drunk driver now and they'll probably hit the curb and maybe hit a tree. You get, you get a drunk driver in like the Jetsons and they're going <laughs> to hit your like, you know, they'll break into your house like from above or behind. You know, yeah, that, that'd be a lot more dangerous. Oh, like yeah. maybe once we have like self-piloting cars or cars that can like you know flying cars that can like avoid things like see what Tesla's doing with their ground cars. Yeah. Like maybe I could see that happening then, but right now it's just too dangerous for the average Joe, and especially yeah. like I know I know some guys who people out there who will go and hold a uh, they'll hold an engine in place with zip ties. Like you know you can probably get away with that for a little while on a car, but you try that with like a like a helicoptery device, like a, I, I've seen these like sort of like drone, like human carrying drone sort of things. You try that with like a flying device and you're not going to have a good day. I, I tell you what. Yeah. Nike ad. This is something people have been memeing and talking about like crazy over the past week. If you've been living on their rock, Colin Kaepernick, failed quarterback in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers was featured in the 30th anniversary Just Do It uh, ad campaign and it was his picture in black and white with just simple text over saying believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything and (laughs) of course you can imagine the memes that popped up of all kinds of interesting things uh, that use that phrase. A, a funny one, if any Avengers Marvel fans out there, there's a Thanos one that says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing half of everything. I had a picture of Thanos. Uh, but Nike did get hit by this quickly. Their stock dropped 3%, $4 billion loss. But sales also jumped 31%. But satisfaction with the company and approval of the company dropped significantly so what's of this i don't know but i i am with the stance that this is the biggest marketing mistake in nike history they've politicized their business they've cut their audience in half you know people that uh you know any conservative that used to buy nike is not going to buy it anymore they're going to buy adidas or something else so 
Balance or New Balance, yep, or Under Armour, or many other alternatives. There's not just Nike; they don't really have a monopoly. They're just the big name, and they're really good at marketing until now. Uh, so, I, I really don't know what else to think of it except that it's just I I I'm glad they did this only because of the memes. The memes have been great. Well, honestly, I, like they 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 the rationale for this was that it was. Their audience, their the people who buy it was predominantly urban, and that's what they use the word urban. And I, I think they're referring to primarily, um, you know, like a, a black people. It's basically what they wanted to go and say in political talk, in PC talk. That's what urban means. But uh, yeah, they thought it was going to be a good idea, and you know, I'm not sure if it is or it isn't yet. I mean, only time will tell. Because I saw that that they did sell a lot more. I don't think it was. Like, I don't know why everyone needs to go have a political stance on everything. Like, yeah, that's, uh, like, you know, exactly. it's like you go over to the store and it's like, oh, you know, I want to buy these. Oh, no, it's run by, you know, uh, George Soros uh, funded <laughs> Jews. And then it's like this. And it's like, oh, it's funded by, I don't know, Donald Trump. I mean, that's <laughs> fine if it is. But like, why does everything need to be political? Exactly. Like, can we just have it where the shoes are shoes and the shirts are shirts and they don't give a crap who wears them? Like, I'd pay money for that. Like, I mean, I'd pay money for right-wing stuff, too, don't get me wrong, but I think that, you know, a lot of people just don't care, and they're tired of seeing this politiz politicization <laughs> of everything. Uh, but I know that, like, if you if you aren't a fan of uh, Nike, uh, New Balance, I think they actually helped the Trump campaign back in 2016, so yes. you can always look at them. Base I personally Balance. like New Balance shoes, not, <laughs> not for any political reasons, but because they actually make shoes that fit me. So I got, like, weird... Like, uh, you know, a duck feet. Yeah, wide so feet. So it's hard, like, shopping for shoes. Nike doesn't make shoes for me. Same. So I've yeah. been, I haven't bought them since they had Nike shocks. Literally, the only Nike thing I have is flip-flops, and that was because I need them for the showers here at State College. Oh, <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I, I, I'm running shoes for that. <laughs> well, there, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> I... I am very sick and tired, too, of the politicization of businesses. Like, everything's political. And I get really annoyed when it's Hollywood, too, because Hollywood's 99% liberal, and they always do moral grandstanding at, like, Academy Awards. They get some buzz, or they put some stupid, like, anti-Trump messages in a movie. Like, I'm going to see it in a few days, but, like, I wanted movies just like Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, which are just, you know... It's not some deep philosophical thing. It's just awesome action with Tom Cruise doing like all the crazy stunts, like going balls out at age like 53 and he's still doing crazy stuff. Like that's what you should be doing instead of like making political messages, like push the limits of the medium, push the limits of the genre, do greater things. I know a movie's going to be awesome. Like I can't wait to see it in a few days, but you can do something deeper like, um, because I'm trying, I haven't been to many movies. That's why I'm mentioning these. Like Blade Runner 2049 was a great example of a very thought-provoking, interesting movie. One of my favorites. I love that film. And no politicalization, no nothing. Kingsman 2, I remember, uh, got a little news because they took out some like Trump stuff that was going to be in it. And it was a successful film. You know, I, I haven't been to movies much recently because... A lot of movies haven't been even that good, not interesting, or they've stupid political. So, like The Post, which is about uh, the Pentagon Papers. It, it had, like, some anti-Trump messages at the end, like, you know, oh, how, like, for the freedom of the press is under attack today. It isn't. And, you know, uh, another, I mean, this was an obvious one, but Spike Lee, who's a big, big, big liberal, made a film called Black Klansman. And that was the one where it's like this black guy goes undercover in the clan, which sounds like it can be a funny, like interesting movie. But it, my one friend told me I'd hate it because there's like this anti-Trump message at the end. And I'm like, why do you guys have to keep doing this? Why? I mean, you know, say what you want about Tom Cruise and his crazy Scientology, but he doesn't talk about politics. Like that's the one thing I'll give the guys. Like he's just in it for the art and having fun, and he's pushing himself like can we all just do that like why do we have to care so much about politics all the time yeah i, I agree with that hollywood's definitely becoming it's not even like you're watching a movie anymore it's more of like a propaganda like station you're paying good money for it too like i know i went to um what i see operation finale and the nun recently and surprisingly operation finale wasn't uh, particularly like uh like super political they could have done something at the end calling like trump hitler yeah but they didn't so That's i was good. pretty happy with that 
Yeah. But um, in the 90s, too, they didn't really go into politics, which was pretty good. So, I mean, the only thing they could really talk about the whole, like, priest's uh, sex abuse scandal. (laughs) And that probably wouldn't look too good (laughs) with that whole thing. (laughs) It was a horror movie, so they had no place in there. and And they didn't do it, so I was happy with that. I mean, the movie itself wasn't all that great, but uh, every but at least there was any politics, so I can say that was the win. <laughs> you notice know? how we have like, to actually say just, that now? Huh? You notice how we have to say that is like a positive of a movie now? Oh, they didn't mention politics. Yeah, like that's pretty sad. It's like everything too. Like I know people were flipping out if you went to Chick Fil A during the month of June, you were like uh, <laughs> yeah. anti-gay or something. Yeah, like, HuffPo was like doing Chick-fil-A. that. Okay, they make good chicken. Have like a gay store open up, like uh, you know, like gays chicken, and have it donate to I don't know, like the Rainbow Foundation. That uh, they they don't like the, the reason people like Chick Fil A is because they're good chicken. No one really makes chicken <laughs> like that. Like I had some like today actually, and it was really good. You know, just because the owner of the company donated to uh, some like organizations that are anti-gay doesn't mean that you have to go and like boycott it just because one person yeah. does it. And it wants you not on behalf of the company so much as just because the person has like, uh, you know, religious and personal views. Yeah. But like CEOs do that. Like, you know, people flipped out before the whole like Papa John's like uh, getting f- like that, that whole thing recently. <laughs> they had another thing, Papa John's, so he donated to Trump. Yeah. And like really, so what? You let people donate to whoever they want to. I mean, if... It's, it's it's not like the company had like was handing out like Trump stuff was you didn't get like a Trump hat with every like extra large pizza although if they did that That'd be funny. I would buy some more Papa John's <laughs> like hint hint Papa John's but uh, no they're not gonna do that yeah I know. they're probably like gonna donate to the Soros Foundation or the Clinton <laughs> Foundation to go and like appease the millennials because that's why they do it I I keep seeing these articles yeah. on like Facebook. It's like, oh, millennials like this and they like that and they like companies that are politically aware and they like to know oh, where their God. chicken came from and their beef and they like that vegan stuff. <sighs> it's just like really upsetting me how much they like try to stereotype millennials like they do. It's like, no, not every millennial is like a hipster. Like they don't understand that. Just because like maybe 10% of millennials are hipsters doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you have to go and do all this hipster crap everywhere. Yeah, because a lot of brands like... They'll do it like out political, like you know their opinions, but it's mostly because they're worried about their image. So like you know, like a more non-political example is like the uh, soap. Some of them will say on the container, "We donate money to uh, saving birds that have been affected by the oil spills," or "We use our soap to clean birds that were affected by the oil spill." They don't give a crap about the environment or birds or anything. They just do that to make their image look good, to sucker you in and manipulate your emotions and make it look like this soap company gives a crap when they really don't. And so they get you to buy their product. It's what they all do. They don't care. And I love how it's the left who says corporations aren't people. They're evil. They're awful. But when a corporation does something quote unquote good or looks like it's socially responsible, they they, they turn off all of those preconceived notions and they're like, oh my God, this soap company's so great. They they help birds when they may or may not, but their motivation is really just to get more money out of you. Uh, and that's because it's emotional manipulation. That's why they fall for it. But uh, not to go too deep into other tangents, but we had to go into Hollywood because I... You know, there's a lot to mention there. But in terms of political politicization and stuff and all kinds of that crap, Serena Williams, if you haven't heard yet, she was playing a tennis match. It was her first round, I believe. And uh, she was fined $17,000, which is nothing for her, uh, for three violations. Uh, One, it was a warning for an illegal coaching, which technically, like, most refs or umpires let them off. They just give them a warning, but she's actually fine for this, so she got a bit triggered over it. Uh, and then, outrage that if she did it or not, I don't know. I think she did. She may not have intended to do it or realize she did it, but she got really angry at the umpire, started yelling at him, like, aggressively, smashed her racket, which is her second uh, violation, and totally bent the crap out of the thing, and the you know the third violation, of course, was the verbal abuse of uh, the umpire, whose name was Carlos Ramos. 
I mention his name because she's accusing him of sexism. And I'm waiting for racism, but he's Hispanic, so I guess not. <laughs> you know, he can't be racist then. But she's blaming sexism on this. Even though this umpire is notoriously strict and was just doing what the rules said. Like, she's being a crybaby. Well, you would be surprised, actually, like, the tensions between, like, uh, you know, the black people and Hispanic people. Like, uh, uh, did we talk about that, like, whole school, like, a while ago where there was, like, the MS-13, there's like, a race war about to go down there? Like, there's a lot of tension between those two, like, in general. But um, <clears throat> I think that one of the things with the thing with that though she's just being a sore loser and she wants to go yep. blame it on something and i and i understand too like when you're at that level of like playing you're a, that's your whole life like hitting that racket like hitting that you know birdie or whatever it was was it tennis the tennis ball i it took me a while nice i thought it was racket. golf at first <laughs> but uh i just saw the sports ball loop same but, um, yeah she's just upset that she lost and i can understand it but she needs to get over herself she she shouldn't go and like act like this it's bad when a guy does it and it's bad when like a girl does it no matter what race or sex or whatever you are it's just it looks bad on you like poor yeah. sportsmanship it, it, no matter what culture you're from that's generally like frowned upon you want to know yeah, what's just even... lose with dignity like oh, she was yeah. right to be fine for acting up, and she's making a big deal, and now it's like, oh, this is sexism. No, it's not sexism. It's you didn't perform. The, it would be sexism to say that you won if you didn't win. Here's That's a, what sexism would be. There's a double whammy you know, you to don't that. Get any, you don't get a handicap because you're a woman. You know, you have to go and f play with the men. And if you don't like that, you can go no, no, and like, no, uh, no, petition to no. have a women's league. No, back, no, 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 no. Yeah, you know? back. Here's the, there's an important double whammy there. She was playing against a woman. Oh. <laughs> and she's well, crying sexism. <laughs> well, how is that even sex? That doesn't even make any sense. I like, know. How? I how, genuinely how don't know. Like That's why her claim is so silly. I think she is... I don't know if she's crying racism, but like all the headlines, all the articles, I watched some of the video. She's calling him sexist. She called the guy a thief and said it was, it's because she's a woman. Her opponent is a woman. How is it sexism? <laughs> yeah, I think that she just want to go and cry, like cry about something, and her go-to is sexism. So I guess that didn't work in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I just had to mention briefly because it was like silly. But two more topics we gotta talk about. They're very important. Uh, number one is Mr. Alex Jones. He's had an interesting week. It all started when the Senate uh, held a hearing with Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, and Sarah Sandberg, number two, uh, at Facebook. And they were basically having a hearing on big tech censorship and the influence of big tech, the shadow banning, all that stuff, which is happening. This isn't a fact, uh, you know, fake news, alternative fact, whatever, no conspiracy. It is fact. They are shadow banning people. They are banning people based on bias. You just look up. We've talked about on this show before. I can talk about it again if we have time. But Jack doubled down and said, quote, we don't consider political viewpoints, perspectives, or party affiliation in any of our policies or enforcement <laughs> decisions. Period. Impartiality is our guiding principle. Are you kidding no, me? No, that's false. <laughs> that's, all the I big mean, names. That's demonstrably false. I know. All the like, big names that have been banned have been conservatives. All of them. Well, well it's not even just that. Like, look at that New York Times lady. Uh, what, what was it? The new Sarah one who's Jean. like saying just completely racist stuff on Twitter. Yes, yeah, Sarah and She Jean. didn't get, like, get in trouble for that. But then uh, Candace Owens said the exact same thing, but she replaced yep. instead of white people. I think she replaced like with other like with minorities, and then she got like a Twitter ban. Yep, like, that's a perfect does, example. Like, this is complete false. Yep, perfect example. And Alex Jones had to be at the hearing. <laughs> I don't know if he was invited, but he showed up anyway, and he sat in there. But that's not where the drama was. The drama was in the hallway when he was go confronting people, which he does, and it's hilarious. He confronted Marco Rubio and Oliver Darcy, who works for CNN, and of course Rubio's center, Florida. And Rubio looked like a total idiot because he didn't. He said he didn't know who Alex Jones was. He didn't know anything about big tech censorship. He didn't know anything about shadow banning, even though he was in a hearing about those very subjects. <laughs> and and he then said, after Alex kept confronting him and getting in his face, he said, "Quote: I'll take care of you myself." Unquote. 
And so Alex Jones, you know, goes into Rubio, rips him apart, uh, figuratively and you know, verbally, of course. And Ru- and then when Rubio starts going away, Alex Jones says, "Quote: Look at this little frat boy. He's so cool. <laughs> go back to your <laughs> go back to your bathhouse. There goes Rubio, <laughs> little punk." Unquote. And and after that, the day after. Alex Jones was permanently banned for Twitter after a video where he was confronting Alex uh, Oliver Darcy where he was trashing him. Because this is a guy who's literally lobbied for InfoWars to be banned. Literally lobbied that in CNN articles. You know, that's CNN's competition. And so Alex Jones was banned from Twitter. At InfoWars was banned from Twitter. The day after, I think Jack got a bit triggered. There's a really good picture with Alex uh, yelling at Jack, which is like, it, it looks like something out of a textbook. Oh. And, and of course, after that, um, uh, Apple removed the InfoWars app from the App Store. I have it still. Ha ha ha. Can't get me. Even though I love Apple, I'm very disappointed in this decision. And Paul Joseph Watson got a 12-hour suspension on Twitter for tweeting out this video that Alex Jones tweeted out of him confronting Oliver Darcy, calling him all these names, which he's done before, but now it suddenly became an issue. It just happened to happen after this hearing. Well, I guess you go. I guess you can't go and like uh, talk any smack about like political figures. You can't have political discourse anymore. No. That's the world that Apple and uh, you know Jack Dorsey wants. You know Twitter wants. That's what Facebook wants. They want you to be good. Like unless it's a Republican, you can go and talk everything. You could go and threaten Trump with violence on Twitter, and you probably won't even get a ban for it. They'll probably get like a little check mark by your name if you go and threaten violence on Trump. But if you go and say anything, you know, disagreement with a uh, leftist on Twitter or like uh, confront somebody, you know, heaven forbid someone out of hearing where they're trying to go and censor your company to go and unperson you, then that's what happens. And they're proving Alex Reich. They said like, he talks about this. Like every time yeah. they like ban him from things, he's pre- he's being proven right. Yeah. They're, they're like completely just attacking him for worse. I think it's disgusting. That's why I don't support Apple. I don't support Twitter. I have an Android phone. Even if they took it off the App Store, I can still get it. I have Gab. You know, they took that off the App Store. I, I can get any app I want. And some of them I get for free, but I don't because I'm a good person. Aww. Uh, the, uh, literally, Alex Jones has been removed from every major social media, every major platform, except his website, except the radio, and except uh, the Android App Store. It's the only things I can think of. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, MailChimp, LinkedIn have all gotten rid of him off their platforms. Like, this is the biggest story that nobody's talking enough about. And many reasons is because he's a lot of these news agencies' competition. And they're using Alex Jones as a uh, a, um, uh, precedent. Get rid of the crazy one first, the one that... That we can get away with getting rid of, and then we're going to go after the real, you know, influence. Because Alex, Alex has influence, but there are other people with bigger influence too. Like Paul Joseph Watson, his days are numbered on Twitter. I'm genuinely shocked oh, he's still on Twitter right now. Like, and he doesn't tweet really anything that's controversial or edgy or or super provocative. Like, he's not like Milo, who like really go after people in like a hilarious, trollish, provocative way. Like, Paul is pretty like. Pretty dead-on standard conser- yo right-wing populist conservatism. Yeah, I, I, he's gonna be gone like within a month or two. I'm surprised that hasn't happened, in, you know, in the past few days. But we'll see. Last well, Twitter for you. They're the worst offenders of all of this. I mean, Facebook and the other ones are no better. Usually, LinkedIn's yeah. not bad, but this is the only time I've really seen them actually go after someone. But it's owned by Facebook, I believe. Oh, there you so go. That, that doesn't really surprise me. It just gets really on my nerves when they do this to people. They just want to unpl- like deplatform people, and I think that's going to solve everything. What we really need, though, in this world, like, you know, Elon Musk, you know, now that you're probably not going to be working for <laughs> Tesla too much longer, oh, given he will the be. Uh, he will be. current situation, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but what he should do is make a social media company that doesn't give a crap. Let Alex Jones on there. Let everybody on the social media app, yeah. unless they're like a spam bot or they're threatening people, yeah, or they're like legally taken off. Like people would love that, you know. Do something like Gab, but like but better, you know, better. You have the, he has the money to do it. He could he could afford that. He could <laughs> afford to make like you know on par with Facebook, probably even better. And you know it would be a lot better for society. I think. And we need to go and have the we need to have these people on the right. 
who can go and compete with people like Zuckerberg. Or what we need to go and do is take down these big media corporations because what they're doing is um, there. There's like a business term for this. It's uh, not not necessarily collusion, but there's uh, something else. Conspiracy. Like where you deny, where you go and like deny someone a service, where or all of them combined to deny you a service. And I Conspiracy. think that some of the stuff with like off-platform behavior. That's part of it, and the things with Alex Jones, I definitely think he has a strong case for that, and I hope he can get a good lawyer to go and fight this in Quarks. Like if he wins against that, that would be a pretty big precedent. Is the term you're thinking of conspiracy? Or to conspire? Yeah, there's like a term for that. I looked it up before. It was like, it was something of, cons- it was like either collusion or conspiracy, but something more than that. Uh, the, maybe mm. next time I'll uh, figure it out. Maybe I'll I'll figure something out with that because it's it's really frustrating and it's definitely like if if it is as bad as I think it is I think it's a strong case for this particular uh, type of lawsuit. Yeah, I think because when you get the Sherman Antitrust Act, like I don't know the details of that, but when you get into that, like I think there's some leeway. Uh, no competitions is gonna is gonna be Facebook or or Twitter because the problem is. Everybody that's important is on those platforms and their audiences are on those platforms and you're not moving it. That's the big problem with any competition, which is why it's going to have to be regulated. It's going to have to be considered a public forum or public space, whatever you're going to call it, and they're going to have to treat it as such. It's going to happen like with the phone companies where they regulate it so they can't deny people service. I mean, that's that's the only feasible option. It doesn't make any sense how they're doing it today. Like... What they're doing with Facebook is like if you tra- like that'd be like a Verizon refusing to give like uh, you know like Alex Jones a phone and with some of the things with Google like you have to have your phone like linked with Google like a Gmail account to have an Android phone so theoretically that might actually be illegal on that mm-hmm. effort if they refuse to let them have a Gmail account because wow. you need one to have an Android phone I suppose you could get a, a Apple phone but even then that's you know that that stuff's a lot more regulated than uh, what's going on over here. Like oh, yeah. with social media, but it definitely needs some sort of regulation or, you know, like, I mean, I'm not really one for regulation, but I think at the moment it's, you know, it's either tyranny by the government or tyranny by these big corporations. Yep. What we really need again do is break up the Silicon Valley monopoly. Like everyone over there lives within like a couple miles of each other. And that's, I think, what causes a lot of these issues because when they live so close to each other, they all talk to each other and they're all like, oh, Oh, can we ban Alex today? Oh, yeah, I think it's okay. So we're all going to ban him within 12 hours, except for, yep. like, Twitter, and then we'll wait a couple of days on that. Okay, yep. sounds good. Yeah, that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't see anything getting better until... I I know... Look, I'm not a no-government guy. I'm a limited government guy, and if government doesn't... This is a case where government has to take control and step in a little bit. But we'll see how things go. Um, yeah, what do you have to say? My my major issue with this though is the payment processors get involved with it, and then that's why like yeah. you can't have competitors because like I think they uh, someone like refused like I think it was like Gab or something. It was like uh, they they want to get some payment pl- processor on their uh, app like on their website. It was either Gab or some other like alt media thing. It wasn't even like really terrible, but then they were like refused by the credit card company, which I don't know how they're mm. allowed to do that. It was like Mastercard. Yeah, I'm something. waiting for somebody to deny Alex like his domain, like the domain holder, like to like just pull him, or for like yeah, his like store, like he can't have credit card companies, like because that's where he gets a lot of his revenues to his store. Like, what if credit card companies just deny him? Yeah, that, that's the thing, and like you know, then I guess he can still do cryptocurrency, but they're trying to regulate that right now. Which good luck with that. That's that's a whole nother discussion with cryptocurrency. I don't know what's happening with that, and I don't think a lot of people do, even though they say they do. Last topic is a local story. A Penn State professor by the name of Mark Fabri, Fabri, it's hard to pronounce this guy's name, who teaches a class called Finite Mathematics. He saw this class last spring. He's teaching three courses this semester. Uh, where this class, uh, finite math, was designed for you know non-science majors to fulfill a gen ed requirement. I took one of these style classes back in the day, you know, to fulfill that gen ed requirement. So I know kind of course we're going for here. <clears throat> and it's described basically as just this introductory course of logic, sets, and probability. Sounds like some standard math. But students 
that were in the class had take-home tests that contained the professor's personal opinions in it. I'm quoting Campus Reform here because they did a great article on it. And few math problems. Uh, quote, Fabrini detailed several seemingly random environmental issues in the Great Lakes as well as a bunch of other stuff. And there were three course documents titled, quote, Would the real Trump University please stand up? Unquote. Quote, Fabri asked students to negate the statement, uh, quote, all those who enjoy religious freedom promote cultural tolerance, unquote, after detailing for nearly three pages several academics' condemnations of imperialism in a section entitled Imperialism, Hubris, and Cultural Intolerance Threats to Democracy, unquote. Uh, and quote that Victor was, this is one of the things he said in one of his tests, he said, quote, the victor was Barack Obama, who, like Bill Clinton, served as U.S. president for eight years. The two men, guided always by the strength of character and force of intellect of First Lady Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton. Penn State spokesman L. Ryder Jensen told Campus Reform that the school is, quote, aware, unquote, of the exam materials as in and is, quote, in the process of looking into this situation further, unquote. While Jensen, again, this is a quote from Campus Reform, last one, uh, referenced the professor's right to academic freedom, he noted that the university seeks to, quote, encourage any student to believe that an instructor has acted beyond the limits of academic freedom to consult the policies and procedures in place for seeking a faculty conference and mediation unquote so basically we got it sounds like we got a math teacher that's not teaching math and is just preaching his opinion uh so tiresome when this keeps happening but this student just talked about recently you know because he's probably afraid of getting bad grade in his class he told campus reform anonymously and he told him this semester so uh, i you know, I, you know, he does have academic freedom, yes, but if you're not doing your job of teaching and you're preaching instead, then something does need to be done about that. I agree. Like, I can understand from one end trying to go and make math more interesting, but, like, there's so many different topics you could talk about. Like, why bring it into politics? Yeah. Like, if you want to be a political, like, science teacher, do that. Don't become a math teacher. Like, there, like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's a distraction. It creates a hostile learning environment for students who don't agree with that. And especially when, like, from my understanding, like, the syllabus didn't even really talk about this. It was just kind of sprung upon the students. And, like, Penn State, I think the teachers or, like, professors, they're supposed to, like, deal with stuff. It's, like, 85% based on what the syllabus is. Then they have like a fifteen percent leeway, but this seems like it's yeah. a little bit of a stretch. Like, and I've had professors too who've got who've done stuff like this, and it's just really unprofessional. Yeah. Like yeah. when you see when, when you when you see the syllabus, that's basically like okay, this is like uh, when you go, it's like an advertisement almost. Okay, this is what you can expect when you take this class. But when you have teachers yeah. who go and like do other stuff, like completely off the syllabus, it's just like why are you doing that? It's like, you know, you try to go and buy, like, oh, cool, I'm going to go and buy this, uh, you know, uh, this, this like, Ford uh, Focus, and then you end up getting, like, a, a Geo Metro. That's kind of, like, what this te this professor is doing. Like, you expect one thing, and then you get something completely different. It's, it's just really frustrating and just terrible teaching practices, and it needs to stop at Penn State. I'm glad that Campus Reform talked about this, because I'm sure this is far from the only teacher who's done this. Oh, Even yeah. in political science classes, you should try to be, like, neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I have friends in political science classes that will say that, you know, their professors will be very neutral, which is, can be more neutral than some of these other professors that aren't teaching political science. But I have a professor who all he does is show CNN clips and bashes Trump. He does teach what he, you know, his material, you know, the class, but all he does he has a clear bias against Trump and Republicans, and all he does is bash them. Every opportunity for an example on the subject we're talking about in class, and it just gets so tiresome. And he doesn't really open up the class of discussion about, which is more tiresome because it's very narrow-minded. It's very you know closed. There's no debate. It's just this is terrible, and Trump is an idiot, and his um, communication sucks, which it really doesn't. It's just if you're watching CNN, it does. Uh, I just I'm tired of it because look I like I love politics why so I do this show every week I love discussion that's why I do this show every week but 
There was a time and place for it. So you don't go to a party unless you're with friends of like-minded views, maybe. You just don't go, hey, you know, Trump sucks. Woo, yeah. Hey, yo, screw Trump or something like that. Like, it's just, it's just such a buzzkill. You know what I mean? Like, nobody likes that guy. You know, there's you can make jokes about politics. That's fine because if it's a somewhat neutral joke, like people are going to laugh about it. Like, people like joke about like fake news or you're fired or Russian collusion. Like, that's fun. Or they joke about Alex Jones and stuff like that. But it's a constant thing. It's just such a buzzkill when so much of our lives are being pushed into politics when they don't have to. Like we talked about with Nike, with movies, with entertainment and culture and all these things. It's, you need a time off from these things. Like, can we just be, you know, humans for a bit? Can we just have some time to, ref, you know, enjoy other things and not constantly be thinking about that? You know, there's healthy escapism that, you know, I, I wonder if it needs to be brought back better. Well, I think Penn State being like a semi-public yeah, university, like if they receive even like a penny of public dollar, I think they should have to go and deal with uh, certain point. certain regulations to go and make sure that taxpayers aren't like paying for political propaganda. What I'd like to go and see is have like auditors come into classes, and if it's like completely politically biased, then the school either has to go and change the class or they get fined or something. I think that would be a solution because as a taxpayer, I really don't want to be funding, like teaching young kids to vote Democrat. There's a lot better uses of my taxpayer money, like maybe fix the roads over here instead of like teaching kids to go and uh, vote for whoever's next, Cory Booker, Hillary Clinton. I don't know. He's going to try to run. Yeah. But like, you know, there's a time and a place, like you mentioned, and it's not the classroom, like, especially where there's no discussion allowed. Like, it's one thing if you allow discussion, you should go and have multiple viewpoints. Yeah. Whenever you discuss something that's politically contentious or, you know, political in general, you should be open for discussion and, um, you know, not, re- like, hold the students uh, who have disagreements with their professor negatively. Like, I, I know someone else had a professor, a philosophy professor, who uh, at Penn yeah. State, who said some very mean things to him after he uh, had a political disagreement with them yep. and stuff like that. I've gotten some grades. Very... De- I've gotten my grades huh? deducted and lowered. I've gotten uh, harsher treatments on homeworks because of not even really political opinions, but I attacked something that had political stigma. Like the, uh, the example I'm mentioning or thinking of is the women's March. I criticized them. I didn't criticize necessarily their message. I didn't criticize, you know, uh, the political intent. I just criticize the optics and the marketing, the branding, the presentation of their protests. I thought it was you know, disgusting the way they were dressing up as women's uh, meow meows. And they were you know, you know, saying all kinds of stupid things like what Madonna said about blowing up the White House. And just their whole general like optics was bad. When and I was contrasting it to, because this was kind of the assignment, uh, to the suffrage movement when women were on these beautiful parade floats and they were showing their beauty and their uh, their their looks and their talents and their strength and their muscle and their beauty. Like, they were showing these positive traits. They weren't being, you know, disgusting. They were being beautiful and pretty and my point was is that that's why that was a successful movement was because it was good optics, it was good branding, it was good image, whereas the current Women's March was just turning people off. That's all I said. Nothing controversial. Hey, and she called me stuff like, oh, you sound like you hate women. I'm like, I sound like? I don't. Okay, I don't hate women. I never said that. Just because I criticize something doesn't mean I hate it. <laughs> Jesus. Please. Like, see, I think you need to show that to campus reform because that's pretty yeah. bad. And I think that teachers, like, and professors who got these assignments, you know, like, I know in PA they have some really weird laws about, like, uh, what was it, like, you have to have both party consent to be, like, recorded and stuff. I think yeah. if you're in a public university as a professor, or even a private one, if they get any public money, you should be, that you shouldn't have any sort of, like, excuse to say that you're, like, not able to be, like, recorded. I think they deserve to be recorded because it's obviously a problem at this university. I've seen it myself. I've had like professors who came up with stuff that make Alex Jones blush, but it was like <laughs> left wing conspiracy theories. Yeah, like it's just some, and they just said some bizarre, wacky things. And I mm. think people, like a lot of people, don't know about this. When I talked to my grandparents, they had no clue. They they had no clue college was this sort of like liberal cesspool that it really is. 
I mean, Penn State's not even that bad, too, compared no. to some of the ones I've heard about. At Berkeley. Like Evergreen State University in uh, Washington. That one's really bad. Or Berkeley. But, uh, huh? Or Berkeley. UC Berkeley, where Milo went, they burned the campus to the ground, you know? Yeah, like Evergreen was the one where they had the professor professor who went to school on the day that no whites were supposed to go to school. Yeah, that was pretty bad. It's just gotten so out of hand, but... Um, that's where we're going to end on is, uh, it's a dismal note, but I will add a little bit of hope, which is, I think things are starting to turn around. I think people are becoming a little bit more open. Maybe, you know, you look at crowds, change my mind segments. That's a good example of some people are open-minded, but it's not many, unfortunately. So hopefully campus culture will change. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.